When I was younger, back in the 80s and into the early 90s, I was all in on Wednesday nights on the program Unsolved Mysteries. I watched that. I mean, I was like locked and loaded every Wednesday night. I had to see that show. It just kind of pulled me in. And to be honest, that show scared me to death as a younger kid. There, I remember how our, how our house as a kid was, was structured. The living room was over here. The dining room was here. The TV was back in this corner. And there was a doorway right here where the window was. And I was always scared to death watching that show at night that the alien or whoever I was watching on TV was watching me through the window. So I could not turn off the show. I had to watch it. And so in order to protect me, I went into the dining room and found myself underneath our, our dining room table and I watched the show from there because that was my place of security. I, I knew, boy, whatever's on that show is dangerous and nobody knows exactly what it is and they're probably outside the window looking at me and I'm trying to look for all the streaks on the windows, right? Because that's what they will always show on those shows, the fingerprints. And it was the table that gave me my place of security. We live in a world that's so dangerous, that's so scary, that's so unpredictable. I mean, seriously, I mean, every day it's like you turn on the news and you're just thinking, what else could possibly happen? You know, what else could possibly be going on around the world? What could be happening in my own backyard? I mean, we go through each day with maybe the idea in the back of our mind, whether we don't want to talk about it or not, but we don't feel safe anymore. And we're looking for our place of security in this very dark and broken world. It's a scary place. So where do you find your safe place? Is it underneath some dining room table? Is it somewhere else, figuratively speaking, that you run towards, that you hide from? Maybe it's in the life that you're trying to build for yourself. I fear in so many ways that we find our place of security with the lives that we try to build. Thinking that when I can build this life, the structure of this world that I want, then I will be safe. Then I will be secure. But in all reality... Like younger knucklehead Bill hiding underneath the dining room table for the aliens that might appear outside my window, the security doesn't always last. The security is really not sustainable. In fact, that dining room table really did nothing. It really did nothing. It was just a figment of my imagination. Where do you go for comfort? Where do you go for security? As we continue on our series, The Great I Am, Jesus said that I am the good shepherd. He said this in John 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You know, that word good is pretty profound because that word good can really be interchanged with the word noble. In fact, that's really what the Greek is highlighting there. Jesus is the noble shepherd. You know what that means? That means that is a person with the fine personal qualities, a high moral compass. They're focused on the greater good. They're not focused on their own interests. They're not focused on what's best for them or what can get them ahead. They're focused on what's the best for the sheep under my care. That's the noble, the good 
shepherd. And to be a shepherd was a tiring, tiring role. It wore you down because there was no rest. Because usually when the moment when all the sheep are resting is when the predators are coming. It's when you're in that pasture place that we talked about last week, when you feel like everything is safe, that the shepherd, if you remember last week, is laying at the gate, is being the gate, and is wide awake because he knows the predators are out there. And if I let my guard down, they're going to come. And it's a tiring role. It never ends. It never stops. And it's dangerous. And this noble shepherd, this good shepherd, Jesus said, lays down his life. He is willing to risk his own life for the sheep. And he's not just willing to risk his life. Jesus does not just risk his life for the sheep. He willingly lays it down. He willingly offers up his life so that the predators can be satisfied. Because ultimately, to understand the predators... And when you watch National Geographic, they're looking for the satisfaction to, feel, to fill up their tummies, right? That's ultimately what they're going for. That's ultimately what they're running after. Their own gain. And once in that moment they achieve satisfaction that they receive their gain, the predators back off. It's amazing when you watch natural, natural, uh, National Geographic and shows like that and Discovery Channel, where the predators, once they have their full... You see, all the prey are just like, oh, there's the lions. They're no big deal now. They're hung. They're full. You know, they're just hanging out all in the same place. And I'm thinking, get out of there. But they know the predators are satisfied in that moment. And the, and the shepherd understands that as well, as well. Jesus, as the good shepherd, is not only willing to risk his life, he offers to lay down his life so that he becomes the prey so that the sheep will be safe. He is the ultimate defender. And the assumption here in this verse as Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, is the realization that the sheep are in mortal danger. Their lives are in danger, and they probably don't even realize it. They're just enjoying the pasture. Life is good. I'm eating my dinner tonight. I don't know what's going on outside my window, but that's okay because here in the safety of my house and my pasture, everything is okay, and they don't even realize the danger that's beyond their walls. And I fear that sometimes because we try to create our own place of safety that seems safe, that appears safe, that ultimately what happens is we build our own walls to make ourselves assume that I'm safe, I'm good, and we don't even realize the dangers that's out there. And we're in need of the good shepherd that says, you don't get it, you don't see the danger, but I'm not only willing to risk my life, I am laying down my life to protect you, even when you don't see it. Even when you don't get it and understand the dangers around there, the shepherd is truly the sheep's place of security. Where do you go to find security in your life? To find the comfort that you're seeking, to find the strength to get through, through each day. To defend the sheep, the shepherd knows that at some point he had to lose his life. There was no other way. And by his death, they are saved. By his death, they are defended. 
And this is what makes him the good shepherd, the noble shepherd. Because in comparison to the good shepherd, Jesus highlights, well, there's the hired hands. The people that are just kind of brought on to do the, do the job. Jesus says this in verses 12 through 13. He says, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the, flock, attacks the flock and scatters it. And the man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. You know, the hired hands, they have no attachment to the sheep. They don't care about the sheep. They're the, just there to get their gain from the sheep, from protecting the sheep. They're just there to get their pay. They're so focused on their own interest, on their own desires, on their own gain. Now, we don't really know when Jesus talks about the hired hands who he was specifically talking about in that day. You know, there's different opinions and thoughts, and we just don't know for sure. We don't know what he was identifying there. But they could be, really, these hired hands, anybody or anything that we bring into our lives to provide a sense of security. That's who Jesus, I believe, is referencing. Who are those people? Who are those things that you try to surround yourself with to make you feel more safe, to make you feel better about you? Those are the hired hands. And ultimately what Jesus is saying here is those hired hands... They may sound good. They may say the right things. They may make you feel good in the moment. But when the danger comes, they're not there. They're not there. They're not willing to risk their life. They're not ultimately there for you at all. Even though at the beginning they seem like it, they claim they do, but they're not there. And my friends, I fear that we gravitate towards places of comfort that provide a false sense of security in our life. You know, we have so much false security that we surround ourselves with that appears good, but in, when, when the moment gets tough, when the crisis comes, it's just unreliable. They're not there. It's not there when the danger comes. Yeah, it seems like this dining room table is safe. Seems like if I hide under that table in my living room, or my dining room, everything will be okay. But truth be told, if someone or something came crashing through that living room door, that table meant nothing. And how many of us, figuratively speaking, are hiding underneath our own, so to speak, dining room tables? We've tried to build our own lives in this own comfort space that I'm safe here, I have security here, but in reality, that security that you try to rely on today could be gone tomorrow. It's not the good shepherd. When hardships comes, when danger comes, it's just not there. They're not there for the sheep's best interest, these hired hands. They're there for their own gain. They're committed ultimately to what's best for them, not what, not what is best for you. And we live in a world where we are so overwhelmed by things that offer a sense of security, but at the end of the day, those people don't care about you. And they don't care about me neither. When there's no risk, this hired hand, who is only willing to work for his own pay, their own pay, 
When the danger comes, they run. When there's no risk at them or them losing their gain, sure, they're there and you're there, your best friend. But Jesus is a friend that's there in the darkest of times. Jesus is a friend that's there all the time. And the Bible says that even while we were still sinners, he died for us. He is the good shepherd. Even we don't realize the danger. And we're kind of resting in our comfort zone and our built our own built place of safety. He's dying for us. He gave it up. Because as Jesus said in the verses we read, when the danger comes, when the wolf comes, the hired hand runs. They run. And we can't overlook the reality of the danger of the wolves. You know, wolves are arguably the most well-studied large predators in our world today. And they are fascinating hunters. And if you've ever studied or saw or watched the, the tactics of a wolf, is they hunt in packs. And when they come across their prey, they separate out individually to surround their prey. And the wolf's tactic is all built upon outrunning, outlasting, and completely exhausting their prey. And they're just tenacious. They don't quit. They go, they go, they go, they go to the prey has nothing more or less left to give. And finally, it's just really, I'm giving up. I'm bowing down. You can take me. Wolves are tenacious. They don't stop. They don't back down. And the reality is the danger with them only intensifies because they're just coming and coming and coming from all different angles. And it just feels like I don't have anywhere I can turn to be safe. Everywhere I turn, they are there. And I'm so exhausted. I just can't go anymore. This life is beating me down. And the things I thought was safe, the life I tried to build, it's not protecting me. The hired hands are not reliable. And the danger just seems so relentless. As I sit under my dining room table, watching the unsolved mysteries, it just seems like, boy, is there any hope? What more could possibly come my way? This, my friends, is why the role of the shepherd is so tiring and so vital. Because the shepherd, in the midst of the danger, takes ownership of the sheep. Did you hear when Jesus said that? He says, he, the good shepherd, takes ownership of his sheep. He's willing to die for them, to lay down his life. The hired hands, they don't own the sheep. They don't care about the sheep. They're only there for their own good. Jesus, as the good shepherd, takes ownership of the sheep. They realize, the good shepherd realizes, you know what? I am responsible for this. I am responsible for this. And there is nothing, as long as I'm alive, and as long as I'm kicking, as long as I'm here, nothing is going to get harm this thing. I'm going to do everything I can to protect this. That's the good shepherd. That's when you take ownership of that. I mean, you see it. I mean, if you rent a house versus owning a house, you see the difference, don't you? 
Those of you who own a house, you see a problem in the house, like, I got to fix this because I don't want to deal with this. Those of you who rent the house, maybe sometimes you're like, ah, it is what it is. I still pay the same, right? There's a difference between owning and renting. There's a difference between being an owner of something and just working there. There's a different level of this is a higher cost. You guys know this. You see it in your places of business as well, right? There's a difference there, and there's a difference here too. The good shepherd does not just risk his life. He is willing to lay down his life to, to take care of the sheep, to, to defend the sheep. The sheep def- defends, um, the shepherd defends the sheep in his care, his pasture. And those who wandered away, who can't defend themselves, the shepherd is there. John 10, 14 through 15 says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Not only is there an ownership in this relationship, but what we see here between the shepherd and the sheep is this intimate, intimate relationship. This mutual understanding, this mutual knowledge that's so close. And if you've worked with sheep in any way, or you've, le- or you've done some uh, research or studying on the relationship between shepherd and sheep, it's fascinating. Sheep are so locked into the shepherd to the fact there could be hundreds of sheep of different flocks all in a pasture with five different, six different, ten different shepherds. And the sheep always know exactly who is their shepherd just by the sound of their voice. They know their shepherd in such an intimate way. They fully trust their shepherd because of that intimate relationship because that shepherd intimately knows them. It's so close. You see, in this relationship, in this intimate relationship of the shepherd and the sheep, it's all about he gets me and I get him. And I think when you get down to it, every one of us at some level are looking for a relationship in our lives where we could just say that. They get me, and I get them. We're wired in for relationships. And in the heart-to-heart of relationships, we're all searching for that most intimate ability, that heart-to-heart connection. We get each other. Which is ultimately found in the relationship between a sheep and a shepherd. As the sheep realize, I need this person in my life. I can't do this without this person in my life. And I know based upon my experience with this shepherd in my life that they will not only take care of my basic needs, that they will protect me at all costs. I can trust this shepherd. You see, this mutual recognition and, and, and relationship and this intimate moment is built upon the experience. There's no other way. There's no other way. The only way this relationship can be developed is through the experience of the relationship. The relational experience is what builds trust and what builds understanding. 
as they walked together. A couple weeks ago, we read this passage, and I I told you we're going to be circling back around to it. You've heard this passage before. Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd, and I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest of valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, the reality here is the valley is extremely dangerous. And the valley is always going to be there. And the only way to get to the pastures and the mountaintop is to walk through the valley. There is no other way. For us to fully experience all that God has for us in all of eternity, we have to walk through the valley, the junk that is this world, this very dark place. And where we find security in, or where we rest our our lives on, is what helps us get through the valley or causes us to be swallowed up and overtaken in the valley. Because in the valley is where all the predators are. It's where all the challenges are. It's where all the hard paths and all the hard trails are that you have to walk through. And the Bible never promises that we will just kind of jump over the valley. It's not going to happen. The Bible guarantees that you will walk through the valley. But the question is, in that valley, who or what is your security? What is your guide? And as David wrote in Psalm 23, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. This is like the sister verse between what Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd right here. I lack nothing with this shepherd. He provides everything I need and he is my ultimate protection. He refreshes my soul. Another way to say that is he restores my soul. And the beautiful picture here that David is highlighting in this moment are there are times in a sheep's life when they become gain this physical problem where they just become completely stiff and scared of the moment that causes them just to collapse on the ground. And they fall to the ground. And in that moment, the sheep are so broken that they are unable to restore themselves, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. And if they are just left there and abandoned there, they will die. They are physically, emotionally, and and everything just broken. And it's at this moment when David says they restore your soul. Because it's in this moment that the rugged, tough, tired shepherd stops everything. And he just gets down to the sheep. And that's the moment that you see the heart of God. I am your guide. I am your security. I am your rest. And in that moment, that tough, rugged shepherd just loves on the sheep. That's all the sheep needs is some tender care, a source of love, a source of strength, and just that that presence on them. And slowly, the sheep regain their consciences, regain their emotional strength, that then in turn regains their physical strength. And in that moment, the sheep get back up. 
And when David says, he restores my soul, that's the very picture that he's portraying. Because there are moments in our life in the valley when we are so emotionally beat down that physically we just can't get up. And just left there, abandoned there, we're broken. I can't move anymore. I can't sustain this. I need something. I can't get up on my own anymore. I've been there so many times in my life. And there's been times when I try to get up on my own and I just can't. There's been times when I try to grab, gravitate towards other things that were my dining room tables, my place of security. And it just didn't work. And it was only when I found myself back in the presence of God did he restore my soul. Did he build me back up. And maybe that's you right now. It took everything within you just to get out of bed this morning. It took everything within you just to get to this place right now. Maybe you're watching online right now and you're laying in bed and you're just like, I can't get up. The shepherd restores our soul. When we find security in him, and that was builds the experience because he ultimately guides us. We cannot get through the valley without a guide. It is impossible. It is absolutely impossible. And the more you try to do it yourself, the more you get beat up and broken and knocked down. You know, when I was younger and taking youth groups or other trips going whitewater rafting, I realized something. I don't know these rivers. And I try to do these rivers on my own, and it just doesn't work. Because the guide, you know what they do? They've been down this road before. They've been down these waters before. So before we get to any new white water, they stop, they pull us over, and they give us the instruction. Okay, we're about to go into this place right here. Now, when you hit this one rock or this one current, do everything you can to turn right and go down that path. If you go left, good luck. And they tell you all those steps of the way. Because I know if I didn't have that guide, you can go on your self-tours. I'd be like, hey, the left looks pretty cool. And all of a sudden, I'm dead. I need that guide. And the same is true in life. The hard thing comes is when I make myself believe I know, I know which way to go. Come on, I can do this. I mean, just paddle, paddle, paddle. Now get through it. But sometimes our own paddling is not enough. We need the guide. And the shepherd, the Bible says, the shepherd is the guide. They are the one that will walk us through those hard places, those white waters. They will tell us, don't go that way, go this way. That's dangerous. Move over this way. The shepherd is the guide. Because as David promises us in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley. He didn't say, someday you could walk through the valley. Notice his words. Even though I walk. In other words, it is a promise. It is a guarantee when you walk through the valley, because you will. 
And if you're not in the valley right now, hold on. One day you'll be there. Because that's what life is. Life is this constant venture of I'm either walking into a valley or out of the valley. There's really no in-between. And when life is really, 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 really good, I'm kind of getting my seat buckle on because I'm realizing there's a valley coming. Because good days don't always last. And when I'm in those valleys, what do I lean on? Who is my security? And David says um, that I will not fear because the shepherd guides me. The shepherd restores me. And I will not fear. You know where fear comes from? Fear ultimately comes from where you focus on. And it's so easily to be so surrounded by all the junk that's in the world, all the junk that's on all the news channels at night, and just be so overwhelmed by that. And that's all of our focus. And so we live our lives in complete fear. But David says, when you follow the shepherd, when he is your focus, you will not fear because your confidence is in him. He will walk you through. He will guide you. You are not alone. You're not alone. You see, the experience with the shepherd leads the sheep to follow him and only him. Because they know this person will get me through. The experience is all in his presence. What are you building your security in? What life are you trying to build to be as your source of comfort and strength to get you through, to make you feel like everything's going to be okay? Because those things don't last. Little pig, little pig, let me in. The wolf is coming. And we have to be careful. You see, my friends, experience leads to understanding, knowing him more and more. And the understanding leads to trust, the ability to know that he is with me every step of the way. I'm okay. And trust leads to security. You want to find security in your life? It starts with the experience of being completely in his presence that leads to the understanding of who he is and how he's going to take care of us that ultimately leads us to trusting him that he will walk us through the valley and support us in the valley. And that leads to my place of security so that I know that when the valley comes, when the storms rage, when all the junk around me collapses, I'm going to be okay. Because he is with me. He is guiding me. Like the hired hand, he's not running away. He will always be there. And the problem is we often don't get it we don't understand it because we're not resting in his presence. The only way to get it, to experience it, is to be in his presence. What presence are you in? What table are you figuratively hiding under for your place of security? It's got to be him. Because when we don't find ourselves in him... And we turn on the news and we see all the other junk going on around us, we quickly jump to conclusions. It's the natural tendencies of human nature. When God says, I knew the valley was coming, but will you just walk with me? I am your security. Ultimately, friends, 
knowing that Jesus is the good shepherd is finding security in him as the good shepherd. That he has complete protection over me. That he will always provide what I need. I will lack nothing. You know, I think we need to get real with this a little bit. Because I, I feel we miss out on the refreshing, restoring guidance of the shepherd, the refreshing, restoring guidance of Jesus, because we try to find our security in so many other things. So many other things. The life that we're trying to lead, the house we want to have, the, the, the level of income I want to make. And we try to build our security around all these other things that quite honestly are like hired hands that may feel like they provide a sense of security today. But tomorrow, they could be all gone. Tomorrow could all be gone. You, you don't believe that? Read the story of Job in the Old Testament. If you're familiar with that story, Job was the Bill Gates of that time, one of the wealthiest person this world has ever known. He had it all. Everybody looked like, boy, I wish I could have the, the life that Job had. And then just like that, he lost everything. And this man went from the billionaire of his time, living life to the fullest, to sitting around a campfire, Scraping himself with the ashes, begging God for, 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 to get him through his brokenness. In that moment, he realized all that stuff I had security in, it was just hired hands that were here today and gone tomorrow. You fast forward to the New Testament, Jesus as the good shepherd, he talked a lot about things that we put our security in, things that we give our heart to, things that we try to find our comfort in to get through this world. And we miss the reality of who he is in our life. If I can even be more blunt, Jesus spent so much time talking about money because he knew money is one of those things that we put so much of our heart into where we strive so hard to say, this is my security. I will be okay. I can manage this. And so often we give our heart over to the things that we can build around us, that we miss out on the security that Jesus can give to us as the good shepherd. That's why it's written in 1 Timothy 6, the love of money is the root of all evil. When we begin to find our security in other things rather than him, we try to find our security in what is material rather than what is eternal, and that is Jesus. You see, this is all about what we trust for our security. You know, there's a fascinating story in the Old Testament with, with, uh, in Genesis 12 with Abram and Sarai. Abram became Abraham and Sarai became Sarai. As you read through the Old Testament, before they got to that point in Genesis 12, they were in their homeland. Life was good. They, they seemed to be building the life that they wanted. And it's like, okay, let's start, honey, let's start thinking about retirement and, 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 you know, everything that we can have there. Let's build on. And then God came to them. And let me tell you something. When you see God show up in the Bible, you better get ready because he's usually calling you to something big, a big challenge, a big quest. And here he came to Abram and Sarai. 
as they were trying to build their life and be comfortable in their own Babylon. And at that time, they were in, a, they were in this city. There were everybody around them was worshiping a false moon god named Nanar. And they're they're all kind of saying, this is what you need to do. This is where you can find your security. This is your safety net. And God came to Abram with a simple and direct command. Abram, I want you to walk away from everything you've ever known and come find your security in me. Drop your whole life, the life you're trying to build, Follow me. It's put this way in Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household, and the land that I will show you. See, God didn't say, I'm gonna, here's, here's the picture. I'm going to give you the whole blueprint and the step-by-step, and we're going to have all the Excel spreadsheets to show you how it's going to work out. He didn't do that. What God said to Abraham is, Abraham... This, you've kind of built your own world of security. And I want you to find your security in me. And I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. But leave it. And trust me enough to follow me. Even when you don't know how it's going to work out. Even when you're not sure how this will all unfold. Walk with me. You see, my friends, you may have to step away from your security to experience Jesus fully. Because until then, you may never fully realize the power and the strength and the comfort of the good shepherd in your life. We just won't. Because we're resting in the presence of the security that we build for ourselves rather than the security of him. We fail to trust him because we're trusting in ourselves too much. We're trusting in the lives that we can build too much. And we need to trust him. What are you trusting for security? What are you trusting? It's time to walk away from it, whatever that source of security is, and trust him fully. Whatever table you've been hiding under, it's not going to last. It's time to run to him. Let's pray together. Father, In this moment, we just come to you. Lord, there's so many things that tend to have our heart that we trust in to to protect us, to give us security. But in all reality, it's just a figment of our imagination. It won't last. It may feel good for some right now, even as I say this prayer. And, And some may be sitting here today wrestling with Bill, I'm fine. I'm good. And like the sheep in the pasture, sometimes we don't even realize the danger that's beyond our walls until the danger comes. But Lord, I thank you because even before we realize the danger, you laid down your life for us. Lord, help us to find our way into your presence. Help us to find the security that only comes through you. May we walk with you. And may we walk away from the things that we've clinged to to give us safety and security in this world and run to you. In Jesus' name, amen.